0: Welcome to God's Table Talk, where real-life stories and testimonies of faith are brought to the table. I'm your host, Paul Eck. So we're talking with Terry Bowling, and Terry, let's, first off, let's just start out, kind of give us a little bit of your history as far as where you were born and kind of work your way through. I was born and raised
1: in Bloomfield, Missouri, a little 1,500 population town down just
0: north of Dexter, and... um, what all do you want to know? Um, your family? What'd you guys? what you guys do? Did you? Uh,
1: my dad was a meat cutter at uh, yeah. two different, two or three different places that I know of, but all right there in Bloomfield. Mother worked at the Elders Manufacturing Company for as long as I remembered until she retired. And um, I have two older sisters, Beverly and Pat, that live in Dexter. I have a younger brother, Steve, who lives
0: in Charleston. Hmm. So now, what, I know you're retired. What did you do for a career?
1: Two different things. I started work for Town & Country Grocers when I was, uh, I don't remember how old it was. It was 1976. I was a sister. It's when uh, Town & Country bought the store in Bloomfield, and I went to work for uh, Bob Hufford Town and & Country. And 18 months later... <coughs> He bought a store up here in, in Farmington, and he asked me to come up here as manager, and that was in March of 1978, and we moved to Farmington, and except for two years in that period, uh, we have been with Town and & Country and been here in Farmington.
0: Now, your story, your Christian story, starts with your mom and dad. You went to church. You guys were regular churchgoers. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And did you, was there, what point in time did you go from, like most of us did, I'm going so mom and dad don't yell at me, to, you know, now I, go, I want to go, I want more, I want more of this.
1: I was a, it possibly began earlier than my teen years. Uh, we were members of the General Baptist Church in Bloomfield, had lots of kids that went to that church. And uh, most of them were, we were all friends. A small town, went to school together, played baseball, basketball together, the whole nine yards. and uh, But we were all there. And uh, the German Baptist Church had uh, get-togethers occasionally with all the other John church- Baptist churches in that area down in southeast Missouri. And I really kind of got involved in it more when that went to happening, uh, because we would have uh, not necessarily Bible studies, we'd have Bible quizzes where the churches would uh, quiz against each other and the pastors would come up with quizzes. quiz. And I got kind of involved in it then. Of course, uh, during that time, I was always singing uh, I had a few people that I really looked up to who were real good singers, just loved them with all my heart, and still do to this day. And some of them are still attending the Bloomfield Durham Baptist Church.
0: Well, let me ask you this about, you said you did Bible quizzes and stuff. Did that cause, obviously, to be good at it, you had to read the Bible. So that actually was something that was put into your life of reading the Bible long before you ever were a Christian, so to speak. Well,
1: the only part of the Bible, generally, that I read at that time was what we were being quizzed on, and the one, the one uh, book that I remember mostly was, uh, I believe it was Second Peter that we got quizzed on, and I won that one, <laughs> <laughs> but I read it two or three times before I win.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> now, do you? Fast forward to now, do you find yourself? Using what you learned back when you were a kid studying for Bible quizzes as things that you use in your life or it comes back to you, like when you're talking to somebody or somebody is dealing with something? I mean, it-
1: uh, very little of that time. Now, when I was uh, in my mid teens, uh, 15, 16, in that area, started, of course, I sang, like I said, I sang in church all the time but uh, started a quartet. Me and the three other guys and and uh, my older sister played piano for us first, but then uh, a guy from Advance that we were in a singing one night. And uh, he got up there and I had played basketball against him. He was a good basketball player. And uh, he got up there and he went to play at a piano and went to, his sister was singing a song and he was the best piano player I believe I'd ever seen <laughs> in my life, and when and I'd seen some good ones, and, and when the uh, singing was over, I just asked him if he wanted to play piano for us, and uh, that started uh, our friendship with him. And then uh, we went on the road singing, hmm. and we sang all over southeast Missouri and northeast Arkansas, and... In uh, Tennessee and Illinois, just all over the place. We, we made two albums while we were, and at this time I was what, 17, 18 years old? And uh, it was a great time. But during this time, when I graduated high school, uh went to college in uh, Oakland City, Indiana. And uh, seemed like during that time, and I know it happened at church, at church in Bloomfield, where I was raised. Well, I was sitting in church, and God put a calling on me, and I was, I was more or less ignorant of religion and callings and different things like that. But this was tough. I couldn't sit there. I got up out of my pew right in the middle of the preacher's sermon, headed up the aisle, grabbed mom by the hand and went up there and down on my knees and went to praying. I knew God was calling me to do something, but at that time, the only thing that I knew God called people to do was preach. So uh, I prayed and prayed, and when I got up off the altar and I announced my call to uh, to be a preacher, God was sitting up there looking down on me and he went. <laughs> what are you doing? But then, and I didn't know. But all I knew that it was, and I was singing in the quartet at this time. The only thing I knew to do was to preach. And so God, I can hear him saying to him, said, Well, you know, his heart's in the right place. I'll bless his efforts. And he did for about two years. I preached, the quartet sang, we went and it it worked out well, really worked out well together until God decided that I sang a whole lot better than I preached. And so the preaching uh, became less and less, the singing became more and more, and it got to the point
0: that I quit preaching and was just singing. So you've told me that your mom and dad were not musical. Where did the musical, the musical Just friends you hung around with when you were a kid, or I had I'd going to church had to have
1: been the, what influenced me to sing because I loved singing. Uh, couldn't play anything, but I did love singing, and uh, the people, the boys that ended up in the quartet that I was in, they went to the same church I did. And we all sang in the children's church, and and all the way up to where we got big enough to where we could sing in a choir upstairs. But we always, uh, we were always together. we were always singing together.
0: You said you didn't play any instruments, but I know that you play guitar now. Is that when did you when did that come along? When did you pick that up? I
1: picked that up. I uh, went to work uh, at a store over between Syston and Charleston. And I stayed, I had a little, I had a room rented actually, upstairs apartment at this, these people's house and I stayed there in Syston. And uh, I didn't have nothing to do uh, most of the time when I wasn't working. So I went to uh, uh, the music store there in Syston. I bought me a guitar and a book of chords. Taught myself how to play the guitar. <laughs> Didn't do a very good job, but I taught myself how to play. <laughs> enough to get along.
0: Yeah. Enough to get along. <laughs> so then is there a point that you can pinpoint and say, I know you talked about the story about when you grabbed your mom's hand and went up there and felt you were called to preach? Is there a point where you became a Christian and a follower of Jesus? You know, at that time I
1: wasn't even sure I was a Christian. But I knew God was calling me to do something. But there came a time, and I can't remember how old I was. I probably around 18, I think. But uh, I had a friend named Terrell Allman, and uh, he had announced his call to preach. And he was speaking on a Wednesday night service a uh, little town called Idalia, uh, about three or four miles out of Bloomfield, and of course, uh, Terrell he, he come up to me and said he was going to preach out there on a Wednesday night, and he wanted me to come out and and uh, sing a special, and I said sure, and so uh, that Wednesday night came up, we went out there, yeah. and there is just a little old Holden wall church, and uh, Terrell. Uh, well, they sing a couple of congregationals, and then I got up, and I sing a special. Terrell got up and uh, went to preaching, and uh, we had several people come to the altar. There wasn't that many people there. couldn't have been over probably 20, 25 people there. But uh, several people came to the altar that night, and the pastor, when it was over, came up to Terrell and I, and he said, guys, he said, we need to do this again. He said, let's do it again Thursday night bar night so we he said let's do it just exactly the way we did it tonight so we got there and I think I led the congregationals and then I sing the same song that night and Terrell got up and preached and that second night there was probably more like 40 or 50 people there and then and the when Terrell give the invitation the altars just filled up and so, when it was over, the preacher said, "Let's do this again." <laughs> so we set it up for Friday night, did the same, and Friday night, the place was packed out. And um, I had sang the same song. Uh, Terrell started preaching. He didn't even get started preaching good till the altars filled up. And then the same thing happened again Saturday night. But on Saturday night. We had to open the windows and the doors because you couldn't get the people into that little church, and they were sitting on their cars out in the roads, out in the parking lot, and um, it was just tremendous. So, one of the pastors of the General Baptist Church in Dexter, that would seat about four hundred people, he said, "Come have it in my church." So we went. We moved it into Dexter, and. We were in that church for, I would say, around two weeks, maybe, and it was packed out every night. I led the singing, sing the spe- same special singing every night. Altars were full. There were several nights. Terrell didn't even get to preach. Mm. That uh, people would just start. We'd sing the congregationals. I'd see people were coming up to the altar, mm. and uh, but it was a tremendous thing, and uh, that went on for two or three weeks, and we couldn't get the people into that church. So we moved it to the Dexter Armory, and we put, uh, oh, we had seats everywhere, and just packed the armor out, and we done that for another probably two weeks. And uh, it was a one, I can't tell you probably how many thousand people were saved and my lovely little wife was one of them, and I didn't even know her at the time, but I didn't know half the people that were coming, because everybody from uh, in the boot Hill area down there, this was something that everybody wanted to come and hear and wanted to come and see. And uh, after a couple of weeks in the army, I can't tell you how many people how many guys, my age. Announced call to ministry, and then from then when, when we closed that one out, revivals started up all over southeast, I mean, all over the Boot Hill. All those young preachers that had announced their call, and me and the boys, we were uh, we were going everywhere. There were times we would sing Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night in three different churches, and then every night during the week. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, we, w- we were just singing all the time. And, of course, all the preachers were preaching. It was a wonderful time. It was, you talk about God's uh, spirit being poured out down there on that little old church down in southeast Missouri. That was an amazing time.
0: So when people say uh, the book of Acts, similar to the book of Acts, you've, you lived it, it sounds like. It sounds like it was a, a lot like that where you know, where where you know hundreds of people were being saved yeah what was the song you were singing that's what i want to know sorry i never knew you and how long has it been since you sang that song
1: it had been many years but believe it or not i still remember the words to it most of them anyway
0: and did the preacher preach the same message every night or no. it was different
1: it was different yeah
0: now I'm thinking this is what, got to be early to mid-70s? mid, mid 70s? This was late 60s. Late 60s. So can you look back and say that there was something that was going on, like in the culture, that was a draw to this? Or was it just, I mean, just plain and simple, this was a God. This was all God. This
1: was a, this was a God thing. It just popped up out of the middle of nowhere. Terrell said, hey, Terry, I'm singing out at Idaia Church. You want to come sing special? And I said, sure, you bet you." And... That's just where it started, <laughs> and I, over the years, I I can't re- remember being really thankful like I am today that I got to be a part of that.
0: So it's interesting because we we mentioned that your parents weren't musical, but you were into it, and really that's become a ministry for you because you've done you've been involved in music with your wife and both of your boys. You guys used to travel and stuff. Now you understand, obviously now you understand why God was slapping, your, he was slapping his head when you thought you were supposed to be called the preach. Yeah. It was called the sing. What do you get out of that by, by singing? And I mean, what, is it, what does it do to your, to your spirit when you're singing like that, whether it's in the church or going out and performing in front of people you don't know?
1: Oh, I get, now don't ask me why, but when I'm up on a stage and I'm singing, I know that's where I'm supposed to be. Now, regardless of whether the people enjoy what I'm doing or whether they think I can sing or they don't think I can sing, it don't matter. If I'm up there on a stage in front of a bunch of people singing God's praises, that's where he wants me to be. And I've felt that way all my life. And, of course, I got my little brother... He can sing, he never got into a quartet, but he taught himself how to play the guitar, and he was so much better than I was, and still is, as far as that goes. But he played in, uh, actually he played for our, played bass for our quartet for a while. But he also played uh, in the Honky Tonks and, and the bars down there, uh, which that's been over for several years. <laughs>
0: Just being called honky talks has been over for several years. <laughs> so then, uh, what other you, you? I know that now, the book of Revelation. Just in the past year, all of a sudden, God's put that on your heart. Any? Tell us about that.
1: I have no idea other than, uh, um, Mike Milfeld was having Bible study, and of course, we were going to it, and. One day, all of a sudden, we decided we were going to study the book Revelation. And something come over me, and I, I was going to get ready to say I don't know what it was, but I do know what it was. But God put it on me that, to study this. I was intrigued, and I still am intrigued, and I'm trying to learn everything I can. And I've, one of the main things I learned was that it ain't only Revelation. It's, it's Ezekiel, it's Daniel, it's Zechariah, it's First and Second Thessalonians. It's Matthew, it's Corinthians. Uh, it's Old Testament and New Testament. And uh, the more I learn, the more I want to learn.
0: And that's where that came from.: Is it possible God's going to use you as a preacher? it as we're moving through, or is he? <laughs> I don't know. That's a
1: really good question. Uh, which I didn't have a problem preaching when I was preaching. Uh, I I don't mind standing up in front of people because I've been doing it all my life, and uh, and I really enjoy it. But I'm I'm not sure if if uh, it's. It's going to have anything to do with preaching or whether it may just have something to do with teaching. It just may have something to do with being able to witness like we did the other night at Prayer and Praise. Um, I enjoy those things. And the more I can learn about it and the more I can share with people, I think this is what, uh, you know, you'd be amazed at how many people. In this world have no idea how close to the end times that we are and uh, I think this is one of the things that God has placed on my heart we need to spread spread this word what's going on not only with with uh, you know the prophecies that are in the Bible but the prophecies in the Bible uh, there's there's uh, out of all of them, and I heard read this in a book or heard another man preaching, but uh, out of about 2,500 prophecies in the Bible, over 2,000 of them have already been fulfilled. All of them will be fulfilled because God hadn't missed a one. And uh, there are just very few prophecies left to be fulfilled. And... uh I think God God is going to use me, uh, and I'm sure He's using other. people. He's using Mike Mielfeld, He's using Terry Skinner, He's using all kinds of people to spread this word and to let them know exactly what's going on. And and even with the uh, the prophecies, they say, "Well, I saw a beast," you know, coming up. Well, this beast um, is a part of the prophecies. These beasts are. And plus, uh, all different things that are going on that uh, people don't understand, they'll read Revelation and they don't know what's going on uh, because John talks about uh, all the different things that's going on, You know, the different nations, which they're not really called nations in the Bible, but uh, different people who God is using to translate these prophecies into languages that we can understand uh, have told us about. And that's that's another one of the things that I really, really want to I want to be able to tell the people, well, this nation is doing this and this nation is doing that. And here's what we have to do. And but it's it's a it's a never ending thing. I can't see the end of it until Armageddon and Christ returns.
0: Day you're waiting for. You bet. <laughs> Although I believe you said you hope you're not here when it actually happens. Well, I, actually,
1: I don't <laughs> mind. Uh, I, if I'm if I'm here, I'm going to be, uh, when it does happen, that's fine. I'm ready. Take me away, Lord. Uh, if I have to go through tribulation, persecution, if uh, somebody from Islam cuts my head off because I won't worship that statue in the temple, fine. Uh, I'll, I'll get to heaven before the other people do.
0: So what is your mission now from here until either you, you're gone from the earth one way or the other? What is your What do you think your mission is? To help
1: prepare other people because this is, this is something that uh, isn't, isn't going to go away. You, when you die, you're going to die unless the rapture comes first. Those are the only people that aren't going to have to die, but they will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And then they will ascend into heaven and be with be Jesus in the clouds, and then they're going to come back down, and uh, we're going to wipe out all the heathen that didn't accept Christ, or that took the mark of the beast or whatever, wipe them out, and uh, Jesus will begin his a new kingdom here on this earth, and then that will begin the thousand-year millennial reign. And but uh, the people uh, at first, The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those who are left, which are the Christians on earth, will be caught up to meet him in the air. And then all those who are left, now there's still going to be dead people whose souls are left because they weren't Christians. But there's live people that are going to be left because they're not Christians. But then... Uh, There's a whole lot of different things that goes on between that point in time and the end of the millennial reign when God comes back and the books are opened. And if you're not found written in the book of life, then those people will be cast into the lake of fire. And the ones whose name is written in the book of life, they will spend an eternity with God and with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Satan will be bound and cast into the lake of fire forever. And I guess that's my sermon for today. (laughs) Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44.
0: Thank you for tuning in to God's Table Talk. Remember, you can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, and you can watch the full interview on YouTube. I'm your host, Paul Leck. Be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing.